It's good to see everyone out this morning. If you could keep your <clears throat> place there in Colossians chapter 1, we're going to be there for a while this morning. It's interesting that the verses that, that were read, it's, it's a prayer. <laughs> and I remember when I got saved, I started uh, to go to church and my youth pastor, I, you know, I, I, got, I came to Sunday morning service two weeks in a row, came to know, know Christ as my Savior. And uh, from that point, I started to go to you know, youth group and the pastor at, over the youth group was uh, a very godly man and it was a difficult time when he left because he was only there for a short time and then he took a pastorate in New Jersey. But Pastor Paul prayed this prayer over me um, in Colossians chapter 1. And uh, it's something that, because of that, I, I, I'm kind of sharing a little bit of myself with the Lord, but these are the things that, this is the, the text that I use as I pray for the teenagers and for um, <clears throat> each of us, and, and even as well as myself, that I might walk worthy. You know, in culture today, in America, it is a difficult thing to find anyone, especially maybe a young person, that wants to please their employer, wants to please anything, let alone God Almighty, because there's so much pulling. And sometimes, uh, you know, Pastor Carl and I talk quite a bit, and uh, I know he doesn't, we don't like to say that, you know, we try to stay away from each other, that's the joke, but we need each other. And, uh, and as we sit and we speak, sometimes we think of the counseling, we don't share each other's counseling, just so you know. We don't share, you know, what's going on or what the scoop is. We don't gossip about you people. We love you very much. But we notice problems because we see problems a lot. We see good things, it's great, but we notice difficulties that people are having. And you know, it's all because they don't please the Savior. It's because their lives are more about them. And Pastor Paul, as I was, I had no idea what Colossians was. I had no idea. But as he, he said, I just want to read this to you. And this is a prayer that Paul had and for these believers at the church. You know, it's, and, and as we go on, I don't want to overread or read too much here. But <clears throat> in verse number nine, it says, for this cause, you know, it goes up. Even if you go up even more, it says in verse 6, which is come unto you as it is written, I'm sorry, verse number 5, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. These people were preached the gospel, which is come unto you as it is in all the world. For bringing, bringeth forth fruit, and it doth also in you since the day that you heard it, or heard of it, and knew the grace of God in truth, as ye also learned in, um, of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ, who also declared unto us your 
love, and the Spirit. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. I want to talk to the Christians right now. How is your prayer life for others? We are created, as we're going to be getting into the meat of what I want to talk about, created for him. And we, are, we understand that as believers, but we have got to make it a point to pray for those to get saved and those that are new believers in Jesus Christ. Paul saw the need. And he's saying here in verse 9, for this cause also since the day that we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Listen, his will. Just like we talked with the teenagers here up front, we want them to perform God's will. God wants us to perform his will as believers in Christ. He doesn't want us to just take, take, take. He wants us to do. He wants us to be able to serve him with our lives. That's the only thing we have to offer. He doesn't care about our money. He doesn't care about what you own. He cares about your heart. And he cares about your soul, and he wants that. That is the only broken gift that we can give to God, is a broken life. That's it. Saying, God, I want to go wherever you're asking me to go. I want to do whatever you're wanting me to do. These teenagers that are crossroads of their lives, I love to ask them, what are you planning? What does God want you to do? What does God want you to do? Well, I don't know, Pastor Nathan. I don't know. Or I think he wants me to do this. I'm going to go to college for this in my life. But I'm just not sure exactly what he wants me to do. I'm going to major in this. I mean, it's just so confused. But listen, we can know God's will. We can have a peace that passes all understanding that we know this is what God is calling us to do. And I'm going to perform it till the day that I die. We can know that peace. But it starts with walking with him. It starts with giving ourselves to him. And ourselves or what we want to hold on to the most. We want to be able to do it our way. And thus is the struggle that we have. Let's have a word of prayer, and we are going to, we're going to try to dive into this, and I hope, you get, I hope to get you out of here at a good time so you can be, like Pastor says, the Methodist to the church, the, the restaurant. So let's have a word of prayer, and we will continue. God, we thank you. <clears throat> for this great love that you loved us with. We thank you for Jesus Christ. And we want to see him today. We want you to have free course here this morning through your spirit. Or there may be some that do not know you as their Savior, who have been running away and running away, maybe making false professions of their faith. But Lord, there's no evidence. There's no there's no work. There's no pleasing you. Lord, would you make those that maybe don't know you to understand their need of you? 
And Lord, there may be some here today that are Christians and really struggling with giving this over to you. God, we just want your will to be done just as it is in heaven. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right, we are going to continue. Do you believe that God makes no mistakes? I, wait, do you believe that God makes no mistakes? Yes or no? So if God makes no mistakes, then do you believe that every situation in your life, what, the things that come into your life, bad things, are from him? I mean, are allowed by him? Yes or no? And is he still God because of them? Yes. He is. There are some with imperfect bodies, we would think. But God makes no mistake with those. He created them. I got a chance, what a blessing, to work with special needs kids for a time in my life. And I just, they are not a waste. They are for God's glory. They're here for a purpose. And you, my friend, are here for a purpose. He has given you, he is, as we see here in later verses, that he, we were created, in verse 16, it says, For him were all things created, that were in heaven, that in earth, visible, invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. He, Jesus Christ, is our creator. And he knew as he was bringing this life, you, your soul, your spirit, and was putting you in your mother's womb, knew who you were, and he knew the number of days that you would live and when you would die before you were even born. That's the God that we serve. Allow him to lead you in your life. What a shame, you are a creation of his, what a shame if we were created and we say, oh, we don't want it, we just want it, we don't believe in God, I mean, we see him all the time, I was talking with somebody, it was a visitation, nope, we don't believe it, I don't want to hear it, I don't want to talk about it. You see those people all the time that choose not to believe in God, but you know what, the problem is they were created by him and one day they will stand the judgment, the great white throne judgment. And they will know, it's really a pity to reject God, I appreciate that song, all their life, reject salvation, and still at the end, have to give an account. There's no escaping. So as a believer in Christ, since you can't escape God, you can't go, Noah found that out, you can't, to give him the gift that you can give him, which is your life, by following his will. God's will can mean a lot of things for a lot of different people. I was able to hear a tape that Stan gave me of a woman that um, went into missions, uh, into missions, and I cannot remember exactly what country it was in. Stan, could you help me enlighten me? No, you can't. Okay, well, that's all right, that's all right. <laughs> Stan was sleeping there for a second. That's okay, I know. But anyway, uh, this lady goes in, 
couple years with her husband, newly married, very young, and they, they start a work there, and her husband and her get separated because of the war. And he dies. Months into it, he dies. And she is alone. And she it talks about everything that she has gone through in her life. I mean, just horrible things. Talking about rats and poverty. Looking at things that aren't, shouldn't be edible to us and thinking, man, that's a feast. Pastor, and it's, yes. Darlene yeah, Darlene Rose. Unbelievable story. And yet, she could still say, God had a purpose for that. He made no mistake. You know, when we are serving Jesus Christ, we cannot, and we're trying to do his will, we, there's a problem. We have a will too. And that will needs to submit and go lower. And so, for his will to be done, you don't have a will. And you don't have a purpose or a way. You are allowing him to lead you. And Paul is praying this for this young church. He's praying and saying, God, this is what we ask. This is what we ask. We desire that they might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Where do we get the knowledge of his will? His word. Everybody hold your Bible up. Everybody hold your Bible up. Let's hold it up. This is where we get knowledge and truth. You can put them down. This is truth. This is where we get to hear God speak to us. You know, Daya, don't, don't hate me for this, okay? I love you, okay? But last night, you know, last night, you know, I know that you thought our marriage is perfect and we never argue or anything like that, but last night we had this little thing, and I was wrong, okay? Wrong. Guys, maybe you should think about this, you know, just, just, uh, just think about it. But I was wrong. And I got a little upset. I didn't, you know, yell or anything like that. But I, and then, you know, I was like, you know, it's okay. But then she wanted to talk about it. <laughs> oh, man, it's like, she, come on. You know, any of you guys hate to talk about stuff? What's their things? Okay, yeah, okay. For the rest of you, your wives are sitting right beside you, and you better not raise your hand. But, I mean, this... You know, everything was okay. I just wanted to let it go. I wasn't upset anymore, and she wanted to talk about it. Oh, man. So then I messed up again. <laughs> and, you know, my wife forgave me again. I, did you? Okay. Because <laughs> if you didn't, that would not be a good illustration today. But, you know, we can really, I mean, we can really get into these, oh, we can... We don't want to talk about it. We don't want to hear a conversation. We just want to do it our way. And we get it done in our mind, in our mindset. We don't want to hear anybody else's, okay, I don't want to hear your side of the story. I know that, you know, I don't agree with what you did, but it's okay. I, you know, I love you, and, and I don't want to talk about it. But that's not how, our, that, you know, as we parallel that with our relationship with God, it's like, okay, I go to church. I read my Bible every once in a while, you know, but not too much because... You know, but I, I'm, I'm involved in ministry. VBS, Jed. Or Awana. The youth ministry. Whatever. I'm involved in visitation. And we can be so involved and yet missing God's will. And because we're not listening. 
We just want to do it. Okay, everything's working. Everything's fine. And I don't want to talk about it. But God wants to talk about it. You guys missed, if you don't go to Sunday school, Joe has just finished his series, and he had a very, very good um, lesson today on prayer and fasting and things, and it was just very good. And, you know, we can tell God everything we want to tell him, but when do we listen? When do we listen? Study to be quiet. There is a time to talk and a time to go, but there's a time to listen, as Ecclesiastes tells us. And we're just trying to get this whole thing of the will of God taken care of. Because some in this room do not know what God's will is for them in their life, what his plan, if you will. You're stuck in this rut. I don't know why God's doing this. I guess he, you know, I, I'm, I'm out of a job. Maybe he's preparing you for something. Don't you think maybe God is preparing you? You know, what, what the teenagers are going through Joshua. And you know what? Rahab, if you recall the story, she hides the spies. And she goes up to them and says, listen, we've heard all about how God has taken Egypt, or taken you out of Egypt. He parted the Red Sea. He killed all these kings of the Amorites. He did all these things and how he has just provided for you. And our hearts melt. There is no courage in us at all. We can't stand before you. This, Joshua wasn't even, I mean, it was no big, I mean, Joshua was, you know, he was there, but all this stuff, God already knew what he was doing. There's no mistake, he was already preparing Joshua. His fields were already prepared. You know, Joshua, I couldn't imagine trying to fill in for Moses. It's just, that has to be scary. That's why God completely, all the time, you know, Joshua, be strong, very courageous, don't worry about it. I will never fail you. Won't ever fail you. And that leads me to go, and I want you to stay right there, and I want to go over to Hebrews, please, in chapter number 11. Hebrews, chapter number 11. <clears throat> you all know about this. Most of you, I'm sure, are familiar with Hebrews 11. You know the first part, the first verse, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. I want you to think about that, good. Because it's in here a lot. It's going to be through the text, you know, the works, the good things. By, by faith, they received a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. And then it goes on, talks about Abel, but in verse number 6, it says, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. If you're a Christian, you are in the business of pleasing God. I'm going to say this again. If you're a Christian, you're in the business of pleasing God. If you are not in the business of pleasing God, then you might not be a Christian, okay? Or, you know, you might be a redneck. You know, that, you know it's that thing. So what I'm saying is you might not understand 
what you got yourself into. There's a lot of, you know, you think of Matthew chapter number 13 and the seeds and, that were, you know, on the stony soil and, and on the good soil and all that. You think of that and how some were choked out. It's just too much. Listen, if we're going to be standing before him one day, I hope you're choosing to say, you know what, my life, because I know that I'm created for him, I'm going to give my life for him, because at the end, it's coming. We're not, uh, sometimes we get involved with counseling, and people just use these credit cards like this. Oh, okay, yeah, here. Oh, I get another one? I was on the phone with somebody two weeks ago. $22,000 in debt, the credit card. Because there's no, it's like, oh, it's no big deal, we'll pay for it later. We'll just do it later. No big deal, we'll have it now. Does anybody agree that that's probably not the best way to go? Because it's going to be a payment time. It can't be out of your mind. It's, it's got to be there. You've got to have the funds to pay the credit card off. And here we are, as Christians, living that way, some, some of us. Paul was saying, listen, Paul is so, it was just so awesome that he is in Colossians there, and just stay in Hebrews there for a second. It's just awesome that as this prayer starts and begins, that he is asking for wisdom and knowledge of God's will. Because that's what a Christian needs the most. There's so many Christians out here saying, oh, I just don't know what God wants me to do. Are you looking? Are you seeking? But there in verse 6 it says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. God is a rewarder. Our reward is heaven. We also obtain rewards and crowns, and, and we're not going to get into that. It's for another time. But your works... The things that you do, if you diligently seek God, you're going to be rewarded. It's interesting, that verse, without faith it is impossible to please God. You mean, you know, you know, I have faith, but as it goes on there, it says, well, you know, Noah. Noah didn't even see rain before. And people laughed at him. God, God said, Noah, I want you to build this ark. Here's the dimensions. And we're going to put all the animals in there. Well, okay, I'm just going to do it. Do you think Noah understood? No, he didn't. If you're serving a God, like Garland Cofield once said, if you're serving a God that you understand, you might as well get rid of him. Because his ways are far past our ways. We can't find them out. God does not need a counselor. I just love serving a God who is sovereign, that knows me inside and out. And he has a plan for you, makes no mistakes. Even though we think, it, we, oh, oh, this is wrong. You know, I've lost two children, okay? I mean, whew, it's tough stuff. God, that is not fair. 
I don't like that. How do you like that? We don't do that. It's not our place. It's not our place. Our place is to know that God is still God, and he has a plan for every one of us. And my job is not to question. Some of you have been in military service, and if you're an officer and you give a command, and one of your guys will say, hey, wait a second, wait. What if we did it this way? I wonder what they would like to do. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, you know, you're, it's just, just, you know, I think of Gomer Pyle, you know, you, ever, you remember him going, oh man, I remember watching Andy Griffith and him going there and Sergeant Carter, I just laughed my head off with that, but that's how it is, you go in and, and, and you don't go in with Jesus Christ saying, hey, what about this idea, and trying to give him counsel in your life, submit to his will, let's go on, <clears throat> Colossians, back to Colossians there in chapter 1, it says here in verse, the end of verse, or the verse number 10 now, we're there, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, we heard that word please over in Hebrews chapter 11 that that we would walk worthy of the Lord in all pleasing how do we please God we please God by reading his word and not by being a hearer but a doer it's so simple we as Christians have an easy job we just do what God tells us to do that's his will as we, com- we continue, it says, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. This verse is, sell- is saying that a Christian needs to be doing. They need to be fruitful. Because if something isn't fruitful, I have apple trees, pear trees in my, at my house, and cherry trees, and there's this pear tree that, I mean, it just started going downhill. Last year, it started going downhill. It started out and it flowered, and then it just died. So I thought, oh, you know what? I'm going to leave it up one more year, see what it does. This year, a couple leaves started coming out, and I'm like, oh, so I... I put a bed around it, a nice circle bed, and I'm thinking, oh, it's going to be great. And I walked out, even this morning, I walk out to that tree, and there's like two leaves on it. And I'm like, you're coming out of the ground on Monday, buddy. I don't care. And it just drives me nuts that this tree, I mean, it's a perfect tree. Of course, Menards has this one-year guarantee, but it's two years. They don't do anything about two-year guarantee. But anyway, because they know it's going to flop on you. So it is just unbelievable. So this tree, guess what, is gone because it's not fruitful. And I like eating fruit. And we've got to be about the business of producing fruit in our lives as Christians. Now that could come in a few different ways and areas of our lives. The first one, what we are equipped with to be able to do at the moment of salvation is to share 
how the gospel of Jesus Christ with someone else. We are equipped. You say, I don't know the verses. <laughs> Look them up. Be a, stu- a student. Study God's word. I don't know the verses. I don't know how. Can you explain to me how you got saved? Oh, yeah, I can do that. Then explain it to someone else. Being fruitful is being able to share your faith with someone else. Being fruitful is carving off bad branches in your life. Sin. And this is the part that we're working to in this text. Being fruitful does not go along with living in sin. And if you think you're being fruitful, it's just done in the flesh. It's not by Christ. And so being a fruitful Christian is knocking off sin, getting rid of it in your life. Oh, I can't do that. I'm addicted. Well, then start being addicted to this. I can't quit smoking. Oh, Pastor Nate, there's, there's, no verse, there's no verses in the Bible that talk about smoking, but you know what? You can't witness. Oh, excuse me. I mean, how would it look if Dave Single, oh, I better not use him. He was there the other day. No, I'm joking. You know, if Dave Single walks into the gas station, hey, I want some Marlboro lights. You know, I want that. And one of you were in there, how would you feel? <gasps> it's called offending a brother. We don't do those things. You say, what? Well, and I, you know, I don't know where you're at with this, but you know what? It's not a good idea to be drinking. It's not. I have heard teenagers say, well, I, my parents do it. I don't understand. I mean, they're, you know what? It's causing them to, to fall. You see, you see, we're getting the focus back on us. Well, it's okay, because I can do it. It's okay that I can handle it. Listen, the focus isn't on us as believers anymore. It's on God. And it's on what He wants in our lives. And if it means somebody not coming to Christ, then you better cut it off out of your life. But as we go on, it says this, increasing in knowledge of God, in verse number 11, strengthened with all might. Because we need strength. If you have any time in Ephesians chapter 6, you're going to understand we need strength. And Paul, continuing, just on a line here as we're going on, strength with all might according to the glorious power. Listen, Paul even understood this. I besought the Lord three times. His thorn in the flesh. I could serve you better if you just take this away from me and I would be able to go and do your work. God said, nope, not going to do it. Most gladly, therefore. You know, Paul's mindset is, you know what? It's in the power of Christ. Where are you drawing your power from? If it's just mustered up in what you can do, you're pretty worthless. It's not going to mean anything. But if it's through God... God can take little things and make them mighty. Think of David. Just think as we go on and strengthen according to the glorious power unto all patience and long-suffering and joyfulness. One of the biggest things that we're dealing with with our little kids is patience. See? 
Give me the toy. You know, I mean, it's just, you know, it's just like, I want to ride that bike. Give me that bike. You've had enough time. There's, we're working with patience. Anybody else working with patience with your kids? Okay. So, you know, as young Christians, Paul's saying, listen, this is the next prayer. Listen, we, they need strength and they need patience and long-suffering. We need the fruit of the Spirit. We've got to be allowed to hear God and know what the fruit of the Spirit is. You gotta, man, and it goes on. It says in verse number 12, giving thanks to the Father which has made us meet to be partakers in the inheritance of the saints in light. Before we get into you know, what Christ has done for our sins, what all that has taken place, giving thanks. We are very unthankful people a lot of times. Could you teach, parents, could you teach your kids to say thank you? I have to remind my kids, hey, say thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things. But as we go on, we've got to teach our children to be thankful. We've got to do that. Giving thanks to the Father which hath made us meet to be a partaker, partakers in his holiness or an inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son. in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Another thing that we have in Jesus Christ, the weight lifted off. I think everyone here that have trusted Christ as their Savior, the first thing that you thought of after you prayed that prayer is, I'm forgiven. Everything I've ever done, everything I will do that is wrong in my life is forgiven. That should allow you to say, man, I owe this God something. But yet, it's human nature, and we've got to know ourselves to say, you know what? I don't want to be thankful. I want to do my own thing. I'm saved now. I want to do my own thing. And we're going to talk about that in a second. It says, in verse number 15, who is in the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. Verse 16, for by him were all things created that were in heaven and that are in earth, visible, invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or power, principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. You and I are created for Jesus Christ. That's his intent. And he's given you the choice to take it or leave it. It says, and, we, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. That means that nothing lives without his consent. Nothing. You know, this is all great and all good, all this knowledge. He, he prayed for them at the beginning there when we start reading there in verse number <clears throat> Verse number uh, nine, it says, filled with all knowledge. But this isn't something where this knowledge, we just want to just take this knowledge and say, you know, we have it, and it's great, and it's good. He's, he wants us and wants us to know so that we can also practice. Knowledge without practice results in nothing being done. Okay? 
And so he wants you to use the knowledge to be able to perform his will. Um, we, I'm from Pennsylvania. A lot of you know that, and I know you're, some of you are sick of hearing that. But hey, I love, I love Pennsylvania. I do. Am I going to say anything about Penn State? All right, I just did. But as we, you know, as we go in, you know, to Pennsylvania, I love that place. It's where I grew up. It's just like some of you, not from here, some from California, some from Kentucky or West Virginia, all that kind of thing. You know, it's, you know a lot of you are from many other different places. And you think about that, but man, I just never thought that I'd be doing what I'm doing because I thought I was going to grow up, take over my dad's farm. It's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a farmer. And I didn't want to be around people. I didn't. I swear to you. I just hated the thought of it. I'm walking across the parking lot and I'm saying, Di, man, I'm just, I'm always nervous all the time before I get up here. And while I'm up here, it's a very fearful thing to preach God's word. And it's humbling. I don't want to, you know, it's me. I just don't want to do that. But you know what? For some reason, I got saved. I started going to the youth group. This pastor, for some reason, kept saying, read God's word. Do your devotions. Some of you teenagers are like, oh, yeah, I heard that many, many times. It's because it works. Without God's word, yes, I would have been saved, but I wouldn't have heard his call on my life. I wouldn't know what to do. I wouldn't. And some here are past midlife and you still don't know what God wants you to do. And let me tell you something. It is a real peaceful thing to know what God wants you to do. And you know what? It just takes a little bit of time in God's word every day. Every day. As he continues to prepare you in your life for him. We are not our own. We're bought with a price. So we're supposed to glorify God in our bodies and our minds, with our, which are whose? Which are his. That's it. They're his. We are made for him. I want to give the balance here in uh, 1 John, if you could please turn over there to 1 John chapter number 2. All of us as believers in Christ will um, <clears throat> undoubtedly, because we still are sinful, sin, sinners saved by grace, but we're, we're still sinful. We still fail. And First John is written for us as believers. And I'll let you turn to 1 John chapter 2, verse 6. It says, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and we don't do the truth. So let's make it a little more clear. If we say that we are a Christian, you know, we, people just talk a lot of times. I mean, I love to be around people. And, you know, you know when, when we're talking about, you know, hunting stories or something like that, and there's, there's sometimes there's, there's these people that, that, you know, somebody's saying, well, he's talking about himself. But as we go on, it's a, you're talking about these hunting stories and, or you're talking about these things that are going on, and, and we try to 
fill in the, we try to make things better. We try to say that, you know what, we are, if we say that we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, it's kind of like we're just, we're not telling the truth. There's always somebody that says, you know, well, oh yeah, yeah, I heard that one, but mine's better. And they, they turn their story around to make it sound a little bit better. So many, uh, so many talkers in, in Christianity today, they say, oh yeah, I believe in Jesus Christ. I mean, I can walk up to a Jehovah's Witness, you know, and the list goes on. Oh yeah, I'm a Christian. Yep, I'm a Christian. I can walk up to an atheist, or not an atheist, sorry, not an atheist, but I can walk up to somebody that just says, you know what, I, I just choose not to, I mean, I, I think I'm going to go to heaven, I believe that there was a Christ, but I, I just, you know, I believe in God, and they call themselves Christians. Well, you know what, James teaches us that the devils believe that there's a God as well, and they tremble. Isn't it interesting, in James chapter 2, 14 to 20, when you, you know, if you want to look there in a little bit, but isn't it interesting that they, they know that there's a God, and they tremble, and we know that there's a God sometimes as Christians, but we're just kind of, hmm, yeah, we'll, we'll catch that later. Isn't that interesting? And yet God chose to have mercy on us. I hope this is helping you to say, I want to serve him. I should serve him. I have to. He says, if we say that we have sin, and I will turn to James in a second, but if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and his truth is not in us. James chapter 2, and here most of you turning there, if you want to look over there, James chapter 2. I think it's so interesting, this text. I brought it up a few weeks ago with the teenagers, and I just thought, you know what? It applies. James chapter 2, verse 14, it says, What does a prophet, my brethren, do a man say he has faith and have not works? Can faith save him? For if a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding that you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what does a prophet? Even so, faith if it has not works, is dead being alone. Yea, a man may say, thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest, believest in that there is one God. Thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Paul, in this prayer that he is writing in, Col- in Colossians, is teaching these young believers what it is 
they need to become fruitful. And it's not just what they say, it's in what they do. Works does not save you. Okay, I got to get that across, just in case you're following me the wrong way. It's not by works. But if you say that you have faith, works will follow. They just will. There's no other way that I can describe it. I wish that I could fit in there. Oh, there's like a seven-year period where, you know, the person can go and do whatever they want to do, sow their wild oats, you know, or whatever, and then we can just, then they get back into the fold. That's not Christianity. That's not true faith in Jesus Christ. It is a turnaround from day one. And it is you submitting your will to the Almighty God who knew you before you were born and knows when you will meet him face to face. He knows the day that you will meet him, that you will die. I want to encourage you to have faith. To don't waver because we have a God that is sovereign over everything. You know, no matter what you say about this country, God is in control. Satan is not in control. He is not. God is still in control. Don't doubt it. You know, he's setting up his time. You know, the rapture is going to happen soon. It's going to happen. And this is great times to be living. I'm so thankful that I get to live in this time period because it could happen at any moment. We can see as the world is bringing their selves to unity, we could see ourselves aligning everything up that today is drawing closer. So because the days are drawing closer, you draw closer to God. He will never leave you or fail you, and you were created for him. Remember that. You are his. Those that have trusted Jesus Christ are his, and they will never be able to be plucked out of his hand ever. You are sealed. So I want to encourage you uh, today with that. We're going to have a word of prayer, and... uh, As Fran comes up, we're just going to have everyone stand up, please. Just going to have an invitation for you. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you, you don't have to pray yet. We're not praying yet. It's okay. If you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you don't know if you're going to heaven or hell, Listen, we'd sure love to tell you. If you're a young lady or a, or a lady, got to watch myself, you please come forward. If you're a young man, adult, whatever, don't leave today without knowing that you're saved, without knowing the creator of you. He's waiting. You know, it's not, it's not him finding you. There's a really dumb song out lately that's, you know, He found me. No, no, we found him. He was there all along. So could we please...
Could we please, if you're here today, accept him as your savior? Come forward so it can be explained to you. If you're here as a Christian, and you say, you know what, this is, sometimes it's good to pray in your seat and say, God, you know, maybe forgive me for my sin or do this or, you know, please help me with this. But you know what, sometimes that walk up here to pray at the altar, to be alone with God is a testimony to God that, listen, this is going to change in my life. I want to be for you, God. And my life is not evident that it is for you. Maybe there's really tough decisions coming in your life if, as a result. Maybe it is a job that's taken over your life instead of God. Maybe it's, you know, a relationship. People, we've got to get about God's business and we've got to do it today. Don't wait. Wait.